When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hello and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dyslexia Devoted, or perhaps your very first episode. I know I have a whole bunch of brand new Dyslexia Devoted newsletter subscribers, so that makes me think I probably have a whole lot of new listeners recently as well. So I'm so excited you're here if you are just joining us. Welcome to episode 85 of Dyslexia Devoted, which is why does dyslexia and educational therapy cost so much? This is actually a topic I had considered doing for a long time now. It is one that was on my mind, and I just hadn't quite decided if it was something I should do an episode about because, you know, everything money is always so taboo to talk about. But I've also gotten really invested in the idea of pay transparency, mostly because as I left my last job, I found out how severely underpaid I was because I had no idea how much anybody else was being paid. So even though I was a manager and I had multiple staff working under me, I actually did not have access to any of their salaries and I had no idea that I actually was not making the right amount for the amount of work that I was doing. And I was working at a school that is a private school, so therefore there is no published pay scale. And when you work in a public school, there's usually some sort of pay scale that you can see for every so many years, this is how much of a bump in your raise that you're going to get each year. And there's transparency. It's all based on, you know, how many units and how many credits and things you have. And the school I was working at, that was definitely not a thing. It was run more like a corporation or a regular business, and there was definitely no pay transparency and therefore some pay inequity sometimes. So it has really gotten me thinking on people earning a reasonable salary in the educational field and also having some transparency by why sometimes things in the educational field are so expensive if you are a consumer that is purchasing said education. So this week's episode was inspired by a parent who I had a Zoom call with this week who was really hoping I would take on their child for services, but I am slammed. I have more kids than there are hours in the day and therefore I couldn't take her. But in our discussions, we were talking about what my rate is for summer, and when I gave her my number, she told me what two other people had said it would cost, and my jaw literally dropped when I heard one of those numbers. I went, oh my god, because I actually wasn't expecting the numbers that she was saying. So let's break it down and talk about it. So let's break it down and also build some awareness about how expensive it is to get private dyslexia tutoring. When 
a parent is reaching out, there is a pretty wide range in numbers. And so I'm going to give you the low end to the highest I've heard, which made my jaw hit the floor this week. So on the low end for somebody who is certified and not just did a three-day training, it's usually about $80. And on the high end, I thought the high end was about $200. I was quickly corrected this week, and apparently the high end is more like $300. So let's talk a little bit more about that. There are three major factors when it comes to pricing for this kind of service. One of the main ones being location. If you are in a major metropolitan area where cost of living is higher, then the cost of services is always going to be higher because people have to afford to live there. My business is in Palo Alto, California, which no, I cannot afford to live in Palo Alto, California, but my business was there because that's where my clients were. I was working at a school in Palo Alto, and therefore when parents found me and asked for extra tutoring support, that's where they lived and that's where all their friends they started referring me lived. So hence, that's where my business is located. So in the world of expenses, anytime you're in a major metropolitan area, it's always going to cost more because cost of living is more than if you are in a suburban or rural community where cost of living is a lot lower. The next factor is certification level. If you have somebody who's very highly certified, they're going to cost more. And part of it is because they've worked hard to be highly trained, but also it is what it costs to become highly certified. So for some perspective, I have I have two degrees in education, an elementary degree and a special education degree, and then I'm also trainer level certified of Wilson. So what that means is I have four years of training beyond my master's, which a lot of people don't do that. And it's really costly to do that. In order to maintain my dyslexia therapist certification, it requires ongoing training. So I actually have to fly across the country to get all of my training hours, and that is pretty darn costly. It costs several thousand dollars every year for me to maintain my certification by flying across the country, staying in hotels, and attending the trainings, and then attending conferences such as International Dyslexia Association or any other additional training in order to keep staying on top of the research with the science of reading. So for example, when I did letters training, I paid for all of that out of my own pocket. It was not like anybody paid for me to go get that training. And then the third major factor is if the person who is doing the dyslexia tutoring is doing it as a side hustle or if that is their main income. There are very different levels of cost associated with it, whether it is your main job or a little bit of extra spending money. So for some perspective, when I was working at the school, I was paid not very well because, you know, it's an educator job in the Bay Area. And therefore, I did my business on the side for five years on top of my day job. But that also meant I could charge a little less. And if people canceled on me, it really wasn't a big deal because, you know, I was busy doing teacher things after work anyway. Therefore, I didn't have to charge as much because it wasn't the only money I had coming in. When I was working at the school, it was what I used to pay off grad school because grad school is really expensive to get a master's. And I didn't get a master's just for the fun of it. Uh, when you change states, a lot of times your teaching credential doesn't change with you. So I actually had to get a master's in order to go ahead and get my California teaching credential cleared because my clear credential in Arizona was no longer clear anymore when I moved across state lines. And it's crazy things like that that people don't realize are really expensive to do. So clearing my credential cost me $20,000. So for me, when I first started my business, it was actually paying off grad school and then paying off my car. It was a way for me to be able to afford things in life and not dig myself into debt while doing a job that I love but did not pay very well. 
So I live very much within my means. And when I eventually went to change my business from being part-time to full-time, and that was going to be my only income, I had to increase rates. So let's talk about what that entails when students are working with somebody who dyslexia therapy or educational therapy is their main job or their main business. So let's think about where that goes. Because a lot of us who do this work are small business owners. And so we charge a fee for something, but it has to get split up in a couple different places. So whatever I charge, only half of it do I get to keep. And in that half that I get to keep, that also has to pay for health insurance that sadly is over $1,000 a month now. And because as somebody who doesn't work for a major company, I don't get those like breaks for having lots of employees and that like mass discount kind of thing with insurance companies. I also have to pay for retirement because did you know private schools don't always give retirement to their teachers? Our retirement plan for the last school was mostly our own money that got put in, and then occasionally they would throw in a little extra from time to time from the actual school. It was whenever they had a little extra surplus, and it was a nonprofit, so that's where they put some of the surplus sometimes. And But it was never any sort of predictable amount or any sort of matching or anything like that. So when kids get educational therapy services, that money has to go to a few different places. So it is paying a living wage for the person who owns the tutoring business. It is paying for health insurance. It is paying for retirement. And that's one half of it. Another 25% of my income goes toward taxes because when you own your own business, you have to pay self-employment tax in addition to regular taxes. And so a fourth of what I make, I don't ever actually get to keep. And then the last fourth of it is what goes into the platforms I use for my online courses. It goes to buying books for the kids. It goes to buying binders and pencils and sharpeners and Zoom subscriptions because so many clients are virtual these days or switch to virtual when they're sick. And then sick days is actually a really important part of this. If you are a small business owner, you don't get paid sick days. So you have to charge an amount that accounts for the fact that you do need to take a sick day sometimes and not get any money coming in that day. And you do need to be able to take a vacation sometimes and not get any money those weeks that you're on vacation. And then we also have to think about kids' vacations because within our budgeting of how much we charge, we have to account for the fact that almost every month, students have some reason that they're off of school. So they, a lot of times, don't come to tutoring if they're off of school because they go on a vacation. So around where I am, the kids have an entire week off for Thanksgiving. They've got two and a half weeks off at Christmas now. I don't know when that changed to be suddenly be so long off of school, but it is. And then they also have a week off in February and a week off in April. And then there's also all of those Mondays like Labor Day and Memorial Day and things like that as well. So whatever the charge is has to account for the fact that most months there are going to be days that kids do not attend sessions. And so whatever that rate is has to make it so that the business owner can afford to keep running their business. And then there's rent. If you are somebody who has a private office, then you have to pay rent for that. And in Palo Alto, I could tell you, private offices are very hard to find. In the Bay Area, everything has these like co-working spaces where you can like rent a room for an hour, but there are actually very few completely private offices that you can rent. And if they do exist, they're very expensive. And I know this because I checked again because my rent is fairly low for Palo Alto and I'm thrilled about it, but it's in an old building. And last month, 
five things broke in the same week, and I literally was in tears because I just needed a functioning office building. And I'm not really very picky, but there are basic things that need to function. And there was a week or two that my landlord has since fixed most of it all now, thankfully. But there was a week or two there I was like, I'm over this. I need a different building. And then I looked at how much it costs to rent a different office in the same town, and I cried. And was like, oh, looks like I'm staying in this really old building and hoping that my landlord never sells it. And then... As we think about educational therapy, we also have to think of basic economics, which is supply and demand. One of those things is when there are very few people who do something, that thing becomes very expensive. So if somebody has gone to school for an additional four years past their master's degree, like doctors and lawyers, they get paid more. But in the world of education, we don't always value that as much. And that is really unfortunate because as educators, it actually costs us a lot more to get our educational units. And a lot of things that parents don't realize is that when you get training in something, as an educator, a lot of school districts don't count that training toward your raises and things like that unless you also purchase university credits. So sometimes you spend $500 to take a class and then you have to spend another $500 to pay for the university credits for the university to process it too. So a lot of times when you pay for whatever certifications you're doing, you also have to pay an additional amount that is sometimes makes it double the original price in order to pay to get the units for that training so that you can eventually get a raise. So you basically have to pay to get a raise, which is not normal in any other field. Any other field, if you just show that you did some sort of training or certification, that's enough. But in the world of education, and if you're still working in schools, that isn't enough. So when you do this for years and years and years, those debts really add up. And so often we value things like doctors and lawyers and pay them the exorbitant amounts of money. But educators who put in just as much time and effort in postgraduate work, we don't realize that they deserve to be paid well for how experienced they are as well. Now, I say this, but I also am going to give you a really big caveat. I want you to know that if you have to pay for services, you better make sure you do your research on what you're paying for. Because I know some educators who've charged $175 an hour or more that actually don't have any dyslexia training or certification. They just worked at a school for dyslexia, and so people just assumed. They didn't actually ask if that teacher had had any specialized training. I also know that there is a local tutoring company near where I am that charges $20,000 per summer for their services when the people doing the teaching get two weeks of training. I can't imagine spending that much money for somebody who just graduated college and got two weeks of training compared to somebody who has a Orton Gillingham certification or Cult or Alta or Wilson or Slingerland or something where they had years and years of practicum hands-on experience with somebody training and observing them and taking lots and lots of additional coursework. So make sure that you know what you're paying for, because sometimes people just see something that they can earn a lot of money for, and we hope it's not in the world of education, but I've actually seen it a few times now where people say, ooh, I can just call myself this and then I'll get paid a lot of money. And a lot of times parents don't know to ask, what is your level of certification? So it does cost a lot to have somebody who's highly certified, but you better make sure that you're not paying a lot for somebody who isn't. So that mom I was talking to, and I made sure to tell her, you better ask how certified that person is that they are charging $300 an hour, which is definitely double what I would charge. And I am very certified. I'm more certified than most people that I know. 
So I can't even imagine. But you never know. Sometimes it is desperate times call for desperate measures. And sometimes the parent was genuinely considering it because they had availability. And when you charge $300 an hour, I can see how you'd have availability because people have to think twice and decide if it's really going to be worth it. All right, let's recap our episode and talk about why educational therapy is so expensive. First off, location. Depending on where you are located, it's going to cost a lot more because cost of living is so much more. In the Bay Area, you have to make $250,000 a year to afford a house. That is why I don't own my house in the Bay Area. My mom owns it, and I help supplement her money. And then I bought a cabin in the woods two and a half hours away so that I can afford to live because I definitely don't make $250,000 a year. Next up is the level of training and certification. You get what you pay for. Somebody who's really low priced, it usually is because they either have another income coming in or they're not very trained and certified. They might have just a three-day workshop. They might have just the first level of training and certification. Compared to somebody who's at the dyslexia specialist or dyslexia therapist level, those people have had three or four years of specialized training on top of their educational certifications and degrees and whatevers. And so that is another big factor. So if it's somebody's primary income and they're running their own business, it's going to cost more than somebody who does it as their side hustle just to pay off a few extra bills. When you are paying a small business owner, the money that you are paying for goes toward helping the child be successful. It goes to buying all their books and supplies and markers and whiteboards and all the things that they go through to have a hands-on learning experience. The money goes toward paying a living wage for the person who is teaching And the money goes to health insurance, which, oh my goodness, is so expensive. It's definitely more than my mortgage. And it goes toward retirement plans because not all teachers have great retirements coming in. And so that is also a really big thing. And you're also supporting a small business in your community, which means it's money going back into your own community. I've become really invested in small businesses in recent years just because I've just started to value it and realize how important every penny is to a small business owner. Because if you get sick and get hospitalized with COVID like I did, I was really grateful I charged the rates that I did because I could afford to still pay my mortgage that month, even though I was in the hospital and had to take 10 days off of working. And I was still able to do those things. I could still afford that health insurance that let me stay in the hospital without having a massive bill. I was able to get back to work and get focused on being healthy so I could get back to work without getting kids sick. And I have several friends who are small business owners, and it just gives me so much more respect realizing how much of their heart and soul goes into it. I have a friend that owns a restaurant. I have a friend that owns a construction company. I have multiple friends who have education businesses. And it's really important to see what those businesses get to do. And they get to spend money in their community. And they get to give back to others. So in my business, I now can say that I have a monthly contribution to the food bank every month that I put in. And then when times are good, I put a bigger contribution in that month when I have a little extra. So remembering you are supporting a small business as long as it's not one of those massive tutoring centers. You are helping your community in other ways. All right. So I just want to thank you for listening to my tangent, but this is one that's been weighing on my mind and I've been thinking about this episode for a long time and I've become more invested in the idea of pay transparency. And I'm really hoping that this helps bring some equity into the amount of money that women make when they have professional degrees and certifications compared to male-dominated fields. Because I know in the Bay Area, it is very inequitable. 
as soon as you graduate with an engineering degree, you make $100,000. And I can tell you, I never hit $100,000 working at the school, even at a director level. And so, and that's after having a master's in all sorts of things. So I will happily get off of my little soapbox for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this very small business. Uh, Your support means the world to me. It means I can, you know, donate to charity. It means I can care for my dog. It means I can have health insurance. And it means that I can help kids who really need me because the kids that I help are the ones no one else knows how to help. And those are my favorite. That's all for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.